0: Hey everybody, and welcome to episode 47 of Intermittent Fasting Stories. Today, I'm here with Kevin Sheridan. Kevin is from Maplewood, New Jersey, where he is a painting contractor who also runs a jujitsu studio. Welcome, Kevin.
1: Hey, Jen. How are you doing?
0: Well, I am fabulous, and I hope that you are as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I'm doing great.
0: Well, that's really good. So, you listen to the podcast. You know, I like to start off by asking what brought you to intermittent fasting?
1: Well, first thing, let me just tell you that I'm really proud of what you're doing, and I think that there's a you know a big problem with food in the United States and people not knowing what to do, and the fact that you have been putting this podcast on and the other podcast, just spreading the word on how people can make themselves healthier. It's awesome, and it's helped me an in, in immense amount. This podcast.
0: Well, thank you, and. You know i didn't know ten years ago or even five years ago <laughs> that this would be what i'm doing now, and it has turned into my passion you know i I consider myself to be a teacher that's my background I taught for twenty eight years and I really feel like that's what i'm I'm doing now i'm still teaching i'm not doing you know scientific research i'm not a medical professional i don't have nutrition credentials other than you know I studied at Institute for integrative nutrition but but I'm a teacher. And so I can teach people what I've learned and help them apply things to their own lives. And that's really turned into my passion. So I appreciate hearing that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's awesome. And it's helped me a lot. And I'm spreading that now through my network.
0: Perfect. That's how it works. I tell some people and they tell some people. And then before we know it, we're all spreading the word, working together.
1: You know, to answer your question, so there's a couple different routes that I came through to the fasting. But the first time I was just even heard about it. I go to a jiu-jitsu school in New York City. Fabio Clemente is my instructor in New York. And I go there not as often, but I was there about two years ago. And one of my training partners came up to me and he was a big guy and usually had a little weight on him and he looked amazing. And I said, man, look at you. I mean, he looked like European. That's what I would say. Like The French guys are always like skinny and small and you never know how they keep all that weight off by eating all that cheese. So he said, oh, I'm doing this intermittent fasting thing. And I just kind of put it away in my head. I I didn't need it. I wasn't overweight. I thought I wasn't that overweight. I was kind of fine with my health, but I just kind of put that in the back of my head. And then a couple of years later, my mom was diagnosed with cancer. A couple of years before that, actually, she was diagnosed with cancer. And then a couple of years, probably about two years ago, she had a heart attack. And so I started to look at my health and they have a little celebration for Halloween in our town every year. And I stopped at what looked to me like a bed and bath little store and they were giving out plastic toys. And I said to the lady, hey, it's Halloween, you're giving out plastic toys. And she said, oh, well, we're, a, you know, this is a doctor's office. I said, really? And it was a holistic medical doctor. So I said, all right, let me, let me just kind of check things out. And to my surprise, I've mean, been in the painting industry for a long time. I had a very high level of lead and I had a very high level, like toxic level of mercury. And I had always had some digestion issues. I had, I was an overeater. I was a wrestler in college, always losing weight. I would fast just to lose weight. So I had a little bit of a screwy relationship with food. So I said to her, after I saw those levels, she said, well, there's a couple of ways we could attack it. I said, I'd really like to do it through food. She said, well, cilantro can help clean out heavy metals. So I started eating cilantro salads and cilantro smoothies and we did a 10 week after 10 weeks, I got the blood tested and the lead didn't move. The mercury came down a little bit, did another 10 weeks, lead didn't move. Mercury came down a little bit. 30 weeks, the mercury was gone. The lead moved down for the first time. And then after about a little after 30 weeks, I did another test and the lead was completely gone.
0: Now, do you think the lead and the mercury came from the, the exposure to paint?
1: Yes. Yeah. I have been around sanding lead paint for 26 years. I talked to my customers about the safety of it. I talked to my painters about the safety of it. Why would I never get tested? I just never thought of it. But it caused a, a holistic medical doctor to say, hey, I had a very extensive interview. And normally doctors don't ask those questions. And no one had. I got blood work done every five years. So, Allison Fox out of Maplewood, she asked those questions What do you do for work? What are you in contact with? So, it took that to have me realize well, okay, my mom just had a heart attack. My grandmother died of a heart attack. You know, my mom had cancer. My sisters have always been very healthy people, foodies, and they've always given me information about food. But when I saw what eating the right foods could do for you, I really started to realize oh, I'm going to go on a health kick. So, I started looking into ways that I could support my health. I came across your podcast.
0: Okay, the the Intermittent Fasting Podcast at that time.
1: No, sorry. I came across the podcast that you did with someone else.
0: Right, that's the Intermittent Fasting Podcast. That one with Melanie, yeah.
1: Yeah, I listened to that for a few episodes, but when I actually got onto your podcast, started hearing the stories, that's when my journey started. Interestingly enough, I traveled to Costa Rica in the winter, I do a jujitsu camp down there. I have a little property down there. And because I have a seasonal business, there's not a lot of painting, exterior painting going on in the, in the winter. I go down there and I say to my wife, I always felt better when I'm in Costa Rica. And I, I thought it was maybe the food, but I realized I'd go surfing in the morning and I wouldn't eat till noon because I didn't want to wake my kids up. So I had been doing that already. My wife's a yoga teacher. I practice yoga once a week here in Jersey. So I stopped eating for yoga. I didn't want my stomach full. I used to eat because I thought that's what you're supposed to do. You want to make sure you have energy. And I felt better. So I had already been doing this and not realizing it. Then I started, I teach jujitsu normally on Wednesday mornings and Friday mornings. I started not eating before class. So before I even came to your podcast, I was already kind of doing this a little bit, not even knowing it was a thing, even though I had heard that intermittent fasting.
0: So you just realized, hey, you know, when I don't have food before I go do my jujitsu or before I go surfing or before I have yoga, I feel better.
1: I feel better. And also when I, after I exercise, I'm not that hungry. So then I started listening to your podcast that led me to Jason Fung's book that led me to your book that led me basically to spend. And this was now, this was probably about seven months ago that I started. That's basically it in a nutshell.
0: Okay, so seven months ago, you finally you were like, All right, I'm gonna figure out what this really is. (laughs) And you did you did all the reading, all the research, and then you were like, All right, so the science just made sense to you then?
1: You know what? I knew intuitively, I knew I had an issue, a health issue with my stomach. I just would eat way too much. I think from you know, growing up, family of four, single mom not a lot of money. We had soup weeks. We had powdered milk because we didn't, couldn't afford milk. My mom was a cleaning lady. The best thing on a Friday, you could go to A&P with a note. I'd get a, a carton of True Blues for her and we could pick out whatever food we wanted. <laughs> and it, it, you know, we got all sorts of All you of needed was junk. a
0: note from your mom.
1: Oh a no for my mom for the true blues right, for her.
0: Right, right. Yeah,
1: exactly, right? You <laughs> walk down. But that was the best part. you, know, you had Incredible Hulk and in Dallas after that. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh gosh, yeah. You must be about my same age. How old are you? How old are you, Kevin? Can you share that?
1: Yeah, I'm forty-eight.
0: All right. I just turned fifty. So Yeah,
1: yep, yep. You remember that Friday night, right?
0: I do <laughs> Dallas, absolutely. Yeah,
1: Duke's has <laughs> Incredible Hulk. Duke's of hazard. Yes, and we would I'll buy. Those, yes. Yeah, we would buy whatever food we wanted. And still to this day, I said to my wife, "I said I worked hard. I have enough money. Best thing for me is I can go to the supermarket and buy whatever I want." But the problem with that is, you know, you, you start stuffing your face, and I would just eat way too much. I would drink too much. Not crazy, but just to the point where I was uncomfortable. Whenever I went out to eat. We didn't go out to eat when I was a kid. We didn't have the money. So now it was like, oh, I can go out to eat. I can get whatever. I'm going to get the best thing on the menu. And I just started to get a relationship of food where it was a reward more than just eating. And I knew there was an issue with my stomach from losing weight and wrestling. I had hemorrhoids. I just was bloated a lot. I had a lot of gas. And I knew there was issues down there. I didn't know what it was though. And I didn't know I didn't know how bad it was.
0: You know, I think a lot of us, come from that same kind of, of mindset. You know, That that's why I have that chapter in Delay, Don't Deny. You know, Saturday is not a special occasion. It happens every week. But for you, you had, and so many of us do, you had that Friday mentality ingrained in you because that was something you looked forward to. You know, Friday was a special occasion in your family. Even though it happened every week, it was something that, it was a routine. It felt freeing. It felt like exciting, you know. And we we bring those things with us into adulthood.
1: Yeah, my relationship with food. You could see through not having enough or having a fight for the last thing or not having any... My mom was a healthy person. I mean, we were eating wheat germ. (laughs) You know, all the other kids had like you know, all these crazy good snacks. And I had like, you know, just the peanut butter and jelly.
0: Oh, no, no, I get it. I tried really hard with my boys to, cause one of them really reacted to foods poorly. He had, you know, like, like artificial flavors, artificial colors. So we, I had to feed him different things, but he, one time he was away when he was older and he sent me a text and he's like, why were we so weird? <laughs> like, like you and the wheat germ, you know, cause we, we had different foods around the house than his friends did. <laughs> I get it.
1: I was not a popular guy to trade with at lunch.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Which later on, though, that served us because we're all pretty healthy people, and we're you know in our family, it served us. But at the time, it did create a longing for junk food later on, you know, and that this was you know something you could get a reward from,
0: right? So you you no- also noticed you had trouble with your stomach.
1: Yeah, I just felt so. I would eat to the point where I just thought when you went out, you eat. And you eat until you're done. And basically I would eat and I would just feel totally bloated afterwards. I'd eat late at night. Also at work, it was kind of like, it became a reward. Like I have my own business. So I have a kitchen and after like a tough meeting, I would go, okay, what am I going to eat? It was always on my mind. What am I going to eat? What reward am I going to give myself? My dad was an alcoholic and I didn't realize this until later on. I went to see a massage therapist who's also in touch with like her medium side and I didn't believe in that stuff, but I walked into Diane Rose's office here in Summit and she said, you know, never met me. And she said, just so you know, I see that you're addicted to sugar. Your father was an alcoholic and that changed his DNA. So his DNA craved more sugar. So you crave sugar. And I was blown away. Guys would joke in me in my fraternity in college that I would go to the sweet shop and buy bonkers, (laughs) you know, the candy. And I always had a major sweet tooth.
0: Well, you know, I just was reading a study this morning. I'm working on a new project. I'm reading a study about ultra-processed foods, and it led me to another, which is about palatable foods, and sugar is an example of that. But these foods actually light up the reward pathways in our brains. The same ones, I mean, these foods we're eating, light up the same pathways in our brains that alcohol and drugs light up. So this is absolutely, I mean, there, there's a connection there. If you are, you know, you've got that history in your family of alcoholism, you know, our brains are wired to crave these rewards. And so there's, there's a lot to that. It's science. It's not just, you know, oh, I seem to be addicted to sugar. Yeah. Just like someone can be addicted to alcohol.
1: I didn't realize until I started fasting how addicted I was and how it was like after every meeting, I'm looking in the cabinet to see if there's like a jelly bean or there's something that I can put in my system to go, okay, I'm good. And I would just eat constantly all day. But that's what I thought was good too. I was on the road a lot selling. So I'd pack a bag. I try to pack some good foods, but I was always eating. And I thought that was good. Like, oh, I had some nuts around or I have this around always eating the entire day. And then at the end of the day, I would eat more. And then at nighttime, I would eat more. It owned me. And it would be tough on vacations because vacations, the food is the fridge packed. And I'd always find myself, all right, what am I going to eat now? Wake up. What am I going to eat? A couple hours later, what am I going to eat? And I wasn't a hugely overweight person. I'm six foot. At the time, I was probably 205 pounds. And I went to the doctor's office and on their chart, I came home to my wife and I said, Hey, I'm obese. She goes, what? I said, yeah, on their chart, I'm obese. And I was like, that chart is way off. (laughs) They don't know what they're talking about. And I didn't look that heavy, but I, you know, I was just considering myself a thick guy, a big guy. And I thought my health was pretty good. And I, I still think it wasn't bad, but the, where it is now is amazing. It's incredible for me.
0: So how, how does it look now? How's your weight? What's happened with that?
1: So I never thought I had to lose weight, to be honest with you. I compete in a certain weight class in jujitsu. I was comfortable with that, but I always had a belly and I just thought, well, my dad had a belly. I have a belly, but doing the intermittent fasting, a couple of the highlights, I did lose 20 pounds. So I'm down to about 185, it fluctuates probably five pounds, a little bit lower, a little bit higher. I went from a 36 waist to a 32 waist. And that's been really nice. My triglycerides, I've always had high cholesterol. And even after eating really well and going to Allison Fox, she finally said, listen, it's probably just in your family. You may want to try taking out the carbs and sugars and see what happens. And that's when I started the fasting and started not eating as much carbs during the week, trying to stay away from the sugars during the week. And my triglycerides, which were super high, 60 points down on my triglycerides, 30 points down on my cholesterol at that time. But this was, this was only two months into the fasting. I'm now six months into it and I haven't retested. I'm assuming my cholesterol is going to be much lower when I test next.
0: Yeah. Yeah. A lot of people do find that to happen as they, as they heal over time.
1: Yeah. So that's the, that's the stats. But what the stats don't tell you is just the fact that I feel free of food and I feel free of like, I'm not Pavlov's dog anymore. Like, what am I going to do next? So I haven't heard a lot of people talk about this on the podcast, but it's almost like I'm not in the future anymore. I'm living more in the present through fasting.
0: Ooh, now that's that's a really cool way of, of thinking about it that you're right. I don't think I've heard anyone explain it, it or say it exactly that way. Explain more about what you mean by that. You're living in the present instead of the future.
1: Yeah, so... You So you eat a really nice breakfast, you're filled, and then slowly that starts to wane off and you're thinking, oh, what's next? What thing am I going to get to please myself? So you're not actually living in what you're doing. You're thinking about how you can do the next thing. And when I teach people jujitsu, I tell them, you're going to learn this in jujitsu, but this is bigger than you learning how to do this in jujitsu. You're going to learn how to do this in life. So what I'm learning through the fasting is I'm learning how to be that way in life. So what started learning in the fasting, I'm going, oh, now I'm more present in my life. So by not thinking about what meal, what pleasure I'm gonna get by eating, I'm now just focused on what I'm doing, whatever that be. And I try to find where I am in the present moment. What am I enjoying? How am I connected in that moment? And by not having to think about how can I please myself, What's the next way to get pleasure from food? I'm thinking about, no, how can I engage right now?
0: I love that shift. I think that's powerful. And I, you know, as soon as you started explaining it, I was like, yep, exactly. That's exactly true. Because I think a lot of us do that or did, did that (laughs) before intermittent fasting. We live our lives, like you said, thinking about, hmm, is it time for the next snack? I can remember being in my classroom and the kids were busy. They were working and I was, you know, kind of walking around seeing what they were doing. And I'm like, oh, is it time for me to have a snack or should I have a cup of coffee? Can I put some, you know, creamer in there? And like you said, I was constantly thinking about how I could please myself with food. It was entertainment. It was, you know, any any moment of boredom I had to fill.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I feel like with the computers and everything calling your attention, it's It's hard to be in the moment. But I remember this as even when I was single and I was traveling a lot, I'd be in Costa Rica on the surfboard thinking, oh, wow, when am I going to go snowboarding? I'm like, stop, you know, just be in the moment right here. And I feel like this is something that people don't talk about a lot, but the fasting really allows me to be peaceful in the moment and engaged and enjoy just what I'm doing right now, just talking to you right now, fully engaged not thinking, oh, what's, what's the next thing?
0: Yeah. Well, I do hear from people that fasting changes them so much more than just their relationship with food. You know, people talk about becoming minimalists even, you know, in in other parts of their lives, you know, we're, we're now minimalist when it comes to food, we're not eating all the time. And then suddenly you find you're not going out and buying that latest gadget. Like, I always had to have the latest iPhone, <laughs> always, from the time the first one came out. And, you know, I've had the same one now since, gosh, December of 2017, maybe. I haven't gotten a new iPhone in over a year and a half. And I assume new ones have come out, but I have even looked to see. I'm like, you know, that's just an example of it, but we're not always chasing something else. so good. Go to greenshef.com slash ifstories50 and use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months. That's greenchef.com slash ifstories50. And don't forget to use the promo code ifstories50 to get 50% off plus 20% off your next two months.
1: So I have I have a small story about that the minimalist thing so before we had kids my friend used to invite us over to this holiday party right before thanksgiving and he would invite all the kids and we were we had kids a little later my wife heather and i so we'd go to the party the top of the house would be immaculate and then you go downstairs and literally there was toys everywhere. It was like a new home. So those new homes have big basements. And there was like, literally, you couldn't see the floor. And I said to my wife, I go, Oh, my God, look at this. There's toys everywhere. Like there's not there's plastic things. And guess what? Four years later, we have kids, I go to my basement, it's freaking full of toys, the same thing. So I said to my wife, I said, you know what, doing this fasting, it's kind of like food has become those toys for us where you're stopping here. You're getting a drink there. You're stopping this. Like they filled their basement. We're filling our stomach with all this crap. When I started the fasting, all of a sudden I realized I don't need any of that stuff. I need so much little than you think you need. And I feel like if people start cleaning their basements, their kids need much less. You know, it's just a few nice toys. Now, you know, I don't know how you accomplished that. I literally one year went into the basement, filled up like four garbage bags of stuff drove into Newark and tried to find a family that wanted these toys, found a guy that had five boys and he was pumped. He took all those toys. My kids like months later would be like, dad, where did that boat go? I was like, man, I I, I don't, I don't, It's got to be in the basement somewhere. They didn't miss it. You know, once in a while they'd ask for something, but I I feel like that's the lesson.
0: I get it. I get it too. I feel really good about getting rid of things. It's hard though. My husband, I have to do it when he's not around because he likes to save everything. Like we're in the process of moving now to a new house. We've been in this house since 05. And I am trying to get rid of stuff. So we're downstairs, you know, I had a, a second kitchen in this house. So who needs two kitchens? Not me. So I'm down there cleaning out the second kitchen that I don't cook in. And I'm like, why do I have three crock pots? You know, and I'm trying to get rid of them. And he's like, oh, we might use that. We might need that. I'm like, stop. Stop. <laughs> we don't need it. We don't use it. I, it just feels so good. I'm like, take it away. Take it somewhere.
1: <laughs> well, I will tell you, when I started fasting, one of the big things, the first month and a half was, and I've heard this through your your podcast. My wife came to me about two weeks later. She says, what's going on with you? And I said, what do you mean? She goes, you cleaned the entire garage. You organized the garage. You cleaned the basement. My office, I totally decluttered my office. It was like I was taking care of my body and I also needed to take care of my space But the immense amount of focus, people have talked about this, but as a business owner, the incredible focus that fasting has given me has been a huge side benefit that I didn't understand. And I am so much more engaged in my work and so much more engaged in everything. And just because you're not saying, how can I go eat something? You're like, all right, what can I do now to get closer to whatever I'm working on, whatever goals I'm working on?
0: Yeah, the energy, both the physical energy and the mental energy that you have really cannot be overstated. And that's one of the best features of intermittent fasting, of course, to me and to you. It sounds like just that we're so clear as we go about our work and we feel so good in the fasted state. And so I would never want to go back to it. It's almost like by eating all the time, we're almost drugged.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I thought I was a super healthy guy. And I didn't realize there was another level that I get to, and I wasn't really that healthy. I knew there were some issues in my stomach, but other than that, I thought I do jujitsu. I do yoga, you know, on a regular basis, you know, I don't stress that much, but I didn't realize until I started fasting and and eating clean foods of cilantro, how good you could actually feel. It's like you come out of that little cloud. I tell you, it, it has not been totally easy though. You know, those who are listening, It can be challenging at times to just kind of stay on track.
0: Well, talk about that. What's been challenging for you?
1: So, you know, when I first started doing it, I would feel like, man, I, you know, I just want to eat. I just just felt like I was into, my routine was so sad on what I was doing. When I originally was doing it, I was just, it wasn't that hard because I was just eating at like 11 or 12. But once I pushed it to 5.30, my rule is I eat whatever you want on the weekends So that Monday, you're kind of jonesing because you've had a lot of sugar, you've had a lot of carbs, and you're going, man, do I really want to do this another week? But once you get through that Monday, like that hard little piece where you're like, man, I just kind of want to just throw it all and just go back to just eating everything. But as soon as you do that, if you like, I've done that at times, just said, you know what? I'm just going to eat. I don't feel good. So you kind of have to get through those little rough patches but once you get over that little patch now you're like oh yeah now i remember why i was doing this
0: yeah i think we're a lot alike in that regard because i fought that same mental battle it took me maybe a couple years to get rid of that that thought like i was missing out on all that eating the pleasure it really does go back to the pleasure and i i probably like you like you know, I, I probably had those reward pathways all lit up and so i was constantly stimulating them with my frequent eating and so my brain may have missed that. <laughs> and you you think about it longingly and you know, you think, oh, remember when I could just eat, you know, I could have whatever. And so you miss it, but then you do it and you're like, oh, wait, why am I longing for this? This is awful. <laughs> it's not what I thought. But it's just a matter of breaking those connections of, I would really like it if I could just eat all day. And then you, you realize you really don't, you don't like it, but it, that's a struggle for a lot of people, you know, and are you in the Facebook support groups at all?
1: I did join your group, but I haven't really been that active on it. I just feel like I'm running around a lot and, you know, it's much easier for me to just listen to the podcast. So I actually was on it. I posted some stuff that I eat, but I'm just not super engaged on Facebook.
0: And that, that's fine. There's a lot that goes on in there. But the reason I brought it up is because we'll see people that, that really do struggle with this. And they have a really hard time with intermittent fasting as a result, just like you said it. And I think it has to do with the mindset shift of becoming okay and embracing the fast. And until you can embrace the fast and the way you feel during the fast, you're stuck in that feeling deprived during the fast and that is what makes you you know go off and on and off and on if you can break that cycle of thinking of the fast as depriving yourself and instead embrace the way you feel i mean i really feel like that changes everything
1: yeah yeah if you focus on not the result but how you're feeling at that moment i said to myself i'm going to do whatever i want on the weekends i'm going to eat sugar i'm going to eat carbs And I fasted my first week. I did my like first solid week of my longer fast. And that weekend, I ate really whatever I wanted. And I was like, yeah, this is great. But I felt really junky. So the next weekend, I said, during the week, of course, I'm going, I'm going to eat whatever I want. And then Saturday came. And what did I do? I fasted till five o'clock. I woke up in the morning and I felt like I wanted to fast. I literally have a really good, there's a really good store around here called The Bread Stand. And they make great bread. And... I was just dreaming about that. And I went there that weekend and I literally, I think I went there three times, you know, cause I wasn't eating a lot of carbs during the week. I overdid it. Same thing on vacation. I licensed myself to do whatever. I just got back from the Martha's Vineyard a week with my, my mom turned 80 and all my brothers and sisters gathered there. I had a great week and I said, I'm going to eat whatever I want. I did that for two days and then I fasted during vacation. I just felt like I needed and it felt great. And I did not feel deprived at all. I felt like empowered. But let me tell you, when I did eat at five o'clock, I enjoyed it immensely. But what I ate was, there's wonderful local farms in Chilmark out there. I went and I got an amazing cheese, amazing organic salad, and I made an amazing salad for everyone. And I enjoyed that meal more than I enjoyed any meal that week, you know, because I had been fasting.
0: I get it. And your body was craving high quality food as well.
1: Yeah, that's an interesting thing that's happened is your taste change. I crave much less sugars now.
0: And see, I think that is so thrilling you know, to hear over and over again because it is hard to keep saying no to things if you really, really want them. But once you realize you don't want them, there's where the power is.
1: Yeah. This started though, actually, when I started to do my fasting just till 11, 12 o'clock, I used to just pick up whatever was available around here. And as a contractor, there's not a lot of, there's sandwich places. There's not a lot of great places you can get in and out real quick and grab something. So most of my contractor life, I was eating really junky lunches. But once I started skipping breakfast, I wanted really good food for lunch. I just craved like a salad or craved like whole foods, not processed foods. And I started eating really nice lunches. And then I started ordering fresh direct to my office and it would come on Monday and I'd have food for the week and I would eat these really awesome lunches.
0: And you've probably felt so much better.
1: Yeah. I mean, one thing I didn't mention about like my issue before is I literally, it would be like a it would be a dangerous car ride at 4 o'clock if you're with me because I would be falling asleep. Literally, for years, there's probably 15 years as a contractor, I knew from 4 o'clock to 5.30 driving, I'd get so tired and just totally zapped.
0: That famous afternoon slump. (laughs) That's when we'd reach for that, you know, sugary, caffeinated beverage just to get us through the rest of the day. I remember doing that.
1: Yeah. And now... It's like I'm Zooming and I'm looking forward to 5.36 when I have my first meal.
0: So that's, that's what you do now. You open your, your window. Do you wait till you get home?
1: No, actually. Sometimes the kids have erratic schedules. So I have a really busy season, which is kind of right now in the summer. So I will either make a salad here with salmon or beef and put it on top. I'll make it here and eat it here or I'll make it here and I'll go home. Cause I'm really, you know, really busy at work now. And the kids usually eat sometimes five o'clock. I can't get home by five. So there's a couple nights that I am home. So I'll either make the salad here, bring it home, or I actually just eat it here. And it's a super peaceful time for me. It's like a ceremony. You know, I'm not on my phone. I'm grateful for what I eat beforehand. And I'm able to eat an amazing meal and be present at it. And before I was just shoving stuff in when I could have time.
0: I absolutely love the way you just described that. You eat delicious food, beautiful food, and you consider it to be a ceremony and it's a peaceful time in your day.
1: And even cooking it has been, it's been like a little ritual where I make my food and I cook it and sometimes I'll bring salads home for my wife and I. I'll say, did you eat yet? No, I didn't. Okay. So we know during this season, it's busy. So, you know, we're going to be with each other on the weekends. We're going to go on vacation together, but, you know, we're going to be missing some meal times together and that's okay. She's busy too. She has a yoga studio, but it's been an amazing thing to just look forward to that 20 minutes, 25 minutes where I can cook my food, make it, eat it. And then I'll go home and and I'll eat after that. I'll eat little stuff till, you know, I generally try to keep a 20 hour fast with a four hour window during the week. And then on the weekend, I generally eat whatever I want, but I end up fasting a lot of weekends also.
0: So you don't have like a formal schedule on the weekend, but you just follow your body's lead. And so a lot of times you do, and sometimes you don't.
1: Yeah. But let me tell you, for people that are just starting the fasting, the biggest thing for me is you can't jump ahead of yourself and jump into the full day fast or else you'll kind of like go the other way. I have people in my office, three out of the four sales guys that work for me, they're all fasting now. And they're all on our schedule. We're drinking, you know, our coffee once in a while. We're, how you doing? And our meetings now, a lot of them are centered around, how you feeling? What are you doing? It's like we have a meeting. We're supposed to be talking about sales. We're talking about health. And a lot of my jujitsu students, uh, half of them are training fasted in my morning classes.
0: Oh, that's fabulous. This podcast is supported by FedEx. See what FedEx can do for your business. Absolutely. Positively. FedEx. It's three o'clock somewhere. Time for a My Mochi ice cream snack. My Mochi ice cream is cool, creamy scoops of premium ice cream wrapped in sweet pillowy dough. And get this. You know who you are with the joyfully chill sensation of My Mochi ice cream. Find My Mochi ice cream at Target or visit MyMochi.com to locate a grocery store near you. So talk about what you were saying about not jumping in too fast. That's important.
1: I think the biggest thing, and I see this in jujitsu, people will come to the school and go, oh, I'm going to train four days a week and I'm going to do this. And they do it for a month and then it just overwhelms them and then they stop altogether. So I tell people, just pick one day a week, you're going to do it. So the same thing with fasting, you can't push yourself too far. Otherwise, it's just too much for you. So I recommend what I did worked for me was I just started eating later. I just started eating at 10 o'clock instead of 8 a.m. And then after that, I started eating at 11. After a couple months of just eating at 11 or 12, I realized, oh, this feels pretty good. Let's push it to one to two. Got comfortable with that after a couple of weeks. Hmm, Can I push it to three? Got comfortable with that. And then I said, wow, am I really going to do this to 530? But it felt good. And then that's when I stopped. I would start at 530, six o'clock. And then I was feeling great. I would totally enjoy. But if I had sometimes these debauchery weekends, once in a while, my cousin was in, I'll go to White Castle. You know, it's like, my wife's like, how do you do that? You eat all that healthy. Then you bring your, your nephew to not my cousin, nephew to White Castle, but you know what? I can do that. And I don't really feel great afterwards, but it's fun. You have, I used to have like 10 of those little burgers. Now i have like two. I find that if you go too far, like one of my sales guys, Vince, he was telling me, oh, I've been snacking a lot at night. I feel bad. And I said, no, man. Snack as much as you want. You've only been doing this fasting thing for a month. You need to give yourself the license when you're not to go overboard a little bit. And then after you do that for a little while, and maybe that doesn't feel good, just tone it down a little bit. You got to look long term lifestyle. You have to figure about I'm going to be this way forever. It's not. And I I know people mention it a lot, but you have to think like that. You're just making these small changes.
0: And you know, the, I love that you said that because. People do get started and they're like, I think I'm going to do one meal a day and I'm starting tomorrow and I'm just going to eat one meal in one hour. I'm like, no, please don't do that. You got to build up. And also the fact that you don't want to change everything you're eating all at one time and trying to, you know, like that guy trying to not eat the snacks and feeling guilty with the snacks. And, you know, I talk about this in Delay, Don't Deny. If I want to eat Doritos, I eat Doritos. If I want to eat ice cream, I eat ice cream. But over the years, I'm reaching for those things less and less. I don't read my reviews. I don't like to read reviews <laughs> I, because they hurt my feelings. But my husband reads them, and so he just read one this week, and it was like a one star review. And they're like, she tells people to eat all the Doritos and ice cream that they want. And I'm like, well, apparently they they missed the message. That's really not <laughs> that's not what I meant. You know, I never said that, but they missed the point of you still have room in your life for Doritos and ice cream. But then there's that day going to come that you're like, I don't really want that. I would rather, instead of ice cream, I'd rather have dates, medjool dates. That to me is like the most decadent dessert. It's amazing. And I would rather have that than ice cream now.
1: Yeah. Well, you're farther along than me. (laughs) Well,
0: I, you know, I've been doing it. It's been a long time and it's taken me a while to get to this point. Last summer, a year ago, I was still reaching for the ice cream a lot. I don't think I have brought home a container of ice cream this entire summer. You know, we're recording this in August. It will air in September. But I don't believe, I mean, I have had ice cream. We went out for ice cream maybe once. But I have not brought home ice cream. And I used to bring it home weekly. And it's, it's not that I, I'm telling myself I can't. It's not that I'm dieting. I just am not gravitating towards it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you don't want it anymore. You're going, hmm. and that's the thing that it's kind of hard to explain to people that you can't have it. No, whatever I want. I just don't want it, but it takes time for that. So I just think people need to just be gradual. Don't make huge changes and realize that this is going to be something you're going to do for the rest of your life. It's a tool. That's what I've described this to people. It's a tool. And like I had a good week in Martha's Vineyard, But what I'll do to kind of clean myself up, and this is probably the best days for me, is when I do a 48 hour fast. And again, this took a long time for me to come up to that. I was kind of doing fasting for a while, so it's been a year, but I'll do a 48 hour fast. I'll do a yoga class on that second day. Like I've done it usually on a Sunday night and then I'll eat back again on a Tuesday afternoon. But that yoga class that I do on Tuesday is my most amazing time of the whole month.
0: So after you've been fasting longer, you can really tell a difference.
1: Yeah, I've only done that three times, the 48 hours. But I feel for me, because I've worked up to it, the first time I did it, it was like a big deal. I was like, oh my God, I haven't eaten. And but now it's just like, all right, well, whatever. I just even the second time I did it, it was almost by accident. I had to cover a class at another school. I hadn't eaten. I was rushing to that. And then I realized I got home. I wasn't hungry. That's another thing that's helped a lot. If you're hungry, just exercise. If you exercise, like I do a little exercise in the morning, you know, 15, 20 twenty and then I'm not hungry. So exercising for me, it works to exercise in the morning and then I'm just not really hungry.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's important at the beginning. That's not going to be the case for people as their bodies are adjusting. They're not going to feel good exercising in the fasted state because their body is not able to find the energy source. But once we're adjusted, you know, I could do anything in the fasted state. You know, I'm packing my house up in the fasted state (laughs) and I could just go and go and go. And I don't get sore. I don't feel all achy. You know, I'm lifting things.
1: Yeah. I would say two months is what I experienced to be this adjustment period where you're having some stomach and you're like, what is this? But there's really, for people that are listening, they have to understand that there's this adjustment period where it's hard and they're not used to it. And it was was hard for me, but then it was like the energy that I got in those first two months is not the energy I get now. I still get energy now, but it was like my body hadn't burned fat in 25 years.
0: Yeah, probably. Your body had not been running on pure fat ever for a single time that whole 25 years. You're probably right.
1: Yeah, since I fasted, like to make weight for Rutgers Wrestling, you know.
0: (laughs) But, But you're right. And the adjustment period for you, you said it was about two months. And sometimes people struggle. Again, they'll start and stop and start and stop. And that is why it's so hard. They never get to the other side. I did that. Look, I'm speaking from experience. I dabbled in fasting from 2009 to 2014 and never did it consistently enough for my body to adjust. I know that now. You know, back then there were very few resources. We were all just kind of figuring it out. We weren't fasting clean. You know, I just had diet sodas, whatever, but I didn't understand all that. But I also never let my body adjust. So looking back, I'm like, well, no wonder I you know, it was so hard because I would go off and on and off and on and never got to the point where it was easy.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I hear a lot of your listeners kind of do fast, but then they're like putting cream in their coffee and they're kind of like not really fasting. And that that's miserable.
0: It is. Oh yeah. I've done it both ways and I know the difference.
1: Yeah. So the clean fast, like I really basically, I was never a coffee drinker. So I started with just clean, just water. But now I'll drink maybe a cup of coffee every other day, and I really enjoy it.
0: Yeah, I do too. I enjoy I enjoy black coffee now, and before I had to have it all doctored up, I all the, I had lattes with Stevia, and you know, I was making a good choice. I was putting in stevia. <laughs> I thought, and it wasn't. But it's so much easier just to drink the black coffee.
1: Now how you know, your podcast, it's got to have grown exponentially. The listeners, do you, do you track the number of people that listen to it? I'm
0: so much not a tracker. <laughs> yeah, it has grown. It has grown. It's I never look at it just because I just am like I put it out there. People listen. You know, it's probably been a few months since I've looked at the listener statistics, which is kind of funny. You know, I d- used to not track my book sales or anything about that until I had a couple of pirating incidents and I felt like I had to. And you know, sometimes I'll, I'll look at that now, but. I'm more laid back. I'm like, I'm putting it out there in the world. But yeah, a lot of people are listening. And
1: (laughs) Well, I will tell you, I I feel like there's a movement. I mean, I mentioned the fasting thing was like unheard of a year and a half ago. And the amount of people, like I talk about a lot. Another big change for me is people look at me, they go, what what are you doing? God, you look so healthy. I actually tan better now. Actually, it's weird. I'm I'm a super white Irish guy. I'm like tanning better, but- people have come up to me out of nowhere and they go, what are you doing? And I'll share. I go, this is what I'm doing. And some people used to get a little freaked out. Now people are like, oh yeah, my friend's doing that. Or, oh yeah, I've heard about that. And
0: Well, in 2014, when I fully committed to intermittent fasting, people thought I was crazy. <laughs> it was very fringe, very. <laughs> yes.
1: Well, here's the thing. When you say it in your book, you're like, people, your close ones will worry about you. So my mom, who's super healthy, my wife, who's a yoga teacher, they both came to me and they, my mom sent me a post on Facebook saying, I'm concerned about you. I have a friend of mine that's a health expert that says that you can't do this. It's not good for you. I'm messaging her and you so you can talk to her because she's concerned about you. And my wife came to me and she says, you know, I don't know about this. You look kind of sickly. And I said, it's interesting because everyone else that I don't know that well, commenting how good I look and the people that are closest to me are not used to me. And it's, it was only like 15, 20 pounds, but they're going, I don't know. You know, you look really skinny.
0: Well, you know, my husband said the same thing to me when I got to my my first goal weight, which was 135, and he's like, don't lose any more weight. You're going to be too skinny. But he had been used to seeing me at 210 pounds or, you know, over the years, maybe 185 or 165 or whatever. He had not seen me <laughs> at a low weight for a while, and he's like, you're just getting too skinny. And, when, you know, I went on to lose more weight after that, and he never says, you're too skinny. I'm not too skinny <laughs> by any means, but... It's hard for those that we're close to, to see us change like that.
1: Yeah. And and then people coming up to you and go, well, you really should be eating something or, and I say, listen, I've overeaten my whole life. Like, this is amazing for me. I feel incredible. So I appreciate your you know concern. I actually sent a bunch of information to the woman that my mom sent me of saying, hey, listen, here's your book. Here's Jason Fung's book. Here's the podcast that I've been listening to. Maybe you read up on it. And she was a nutritionist, I think, and and I never heard back from her.
0: Yeah, she wasn't ready for it. But, you know, I recently interviewed a nutritionist. I don't think this episode's out yet as of this date that we're speaking, but it will be out as of the time the air, the episode airs, but I just spoke to a nutritionist who is using intermittent fasting with clients. So, you know, it's, it's starting to, to get out there. You know, I'll see people who, you know, start intermittent fasting because their oncologist recommended it or their neurologist told them about it. So.
1: Also doctors don't know. I say this to a lot of people. Well, my doctor. And I said, listen, I have friends that are doctors. You have seven hours of health in medical school. They just don't know. And that's okay. They're just, they know what they know. And what they know, they really, they're really they really good at. But they're just not good at using food as a tool for health. That's okay. They just don't know.
0: Yeah, but so many more do now than did, which is what's fabulous. I think there, there are two types of doctors, the ones who know about intermittent fasting and fully embrace it, and the ones who just haven't learned about it yet. And so they're still going by the whole... Just count your calories, eat less food, keep your metabolism going, you know, that old school thinking versus the ones who have taken the time to research it are usually fully on board. It's very unusual to find a doctor who's fully researched it and not on board.
1: Well, yeah, I would agree with that because I feel like also I said, listen, if you ask me as a friend, you know, what kind of paint should I use? I may give you a couple answers. You ask me as a professional, I really have to be ready to give you this professional answer where I've studied it. So they can't give you, oh, you should just try this because if something happens to you, they're on the hook for that. So as a doctor, they have to be careful, especially, you know, I live in New Jersey. There's a lot of lawyers in New Jersey. So, you know, you have to make sure that you, when you're given advice, you know what you're talking about. And if they haven't studied it, they're not going to give you that advice. You know, and I wouldn't if I was them either, but they, a lot of them also don't have the time to study it. You know, they're busy with what they're doing.
0: They're trying to run an office, trying to just manage their patients. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And you know, it's not easy as a doctor, you have to be a business owner a lot. You know, you've run in your own practice and you have to. So there's specialties.
0: So don't be too hard on your doctor, people. If they don't know, you know, there was somebody tried to post something in the the Facebook group just the other day. I declined the post, but it was like, is it all a big conspiracy and your doctor is trying to keep you sick so that you'll go to them? And I'm like, no, that's not what it is. Your doctor is not trying to keep you sick. So you'll come back.
1: (laughs) Well, I will say finding the right coaches for this, like Allison Fox for me has been amazing, holistic doctor. She's been incredible. This was part of my health journey. I would go to her every couple months and do the blood test and see how things came out. And we would try different things. You know, my vitamin B was low. I took some supplements for that. So, you know, on the journey, journey of health.
0: Yeah, I, I think having, having the right doctor who supports you and listens to you is important. But understand they may not know everything about intermittent fasting. And that's okay, too.
1: Who are your mentors through this?
0: That's a great question. People rarely ask me questions. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: <laughs> you know, yeah. really, of course, you know Jason Fung because I and these these were, you know, book mentors really. They were people that I, I read their book and you know, Jason Fung with the obesity code really helped me. Of course, by the time I read that, I'd already lost the weight, but it still helped me Refine my fasting practice. And I may have regained the weight because I wasn't fasting clean. So if I hadn't discovered the obesity code, I don't know if I would be as successful as I am now. Throughout the process of losing the weight, Dr. Burt Hearing with the Fast Five program and also his Appetite Correction book, those really helped me. And I was also in Facebook support groups with people. And that really helped me too. Just, you know, everyone supporting one another really, really helped me. You know, I didn't have any you know anyone like me, somebody who had lost a lot of weight, Dr. Herring lost weight, but I don't think he was ever obese. I just really mentored myself. <laughs> a lot of, you know, that, that might sound nuts, but I'm a very independent kind of a person. And so I was like, I'm just gonna do it. I'm gonna learn everything there is to learn about it. I read literally everything I could find. And I surrounded myself with people who were also doing it through the the support groups. And then with starting my own support groups, that also really helped me. I found, you probably find this too, I found that mentoring others actually benefited me maybe even more than it helped them.
1: I see that as a jujitsu coach. You know, you're teaching these moves and you're learning them and you're, yeah, being the teacher it can always help.
0: I've learned more by helping other people than I ever learned just on my own. So I like to finish by asking, what would you tell someone just starting out or what do you wish you knew when you first started?
1: I'll answer the first question. I've already recommended starting slow and just taking little bits at a time and then you know don't bite off too much. But the biggest thing that helped me early on was listening to the positive stories of other people. Go on YouTube, get Jason Fung's book, get your book, listen to different podcasts. There's so much information now on fasting And for me, you have to continue to feed yourself those positive stories. Because when you do fast and you have that in your head, like, God, I'm doing so good for my body. I'm letting my digestion rest. If you do that on a daily basis, it really carried me through any tough time I was having and just hearing, wow, I'm doing all this good for myself. You know, there was that Jack Reacher kind of guy. I forget. You had a podcast. I think he was an Australian guy.
0: Oh, yeah. Graham Curry. Yeah, yeah. Love him. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Like listening to his story, losing all that weight, like his buddies taking that picture and going, man, you know, you don't look so healthy. And he took the picture, goes, who looks healthy out of the three of us? You know, listening to the positive things helped me get through any of the tough times because there will be tough times those first couple months. And what I wish I knew, I can't say there's anything that I wish I knew early on. I felt like I got a lot of that information early on from all those different sources.
0: Well, good, because there's there's a lot more out there now. I was like just kind of trying to forge a path and didn't know what I was doing. (laughs) So learn from those of us, learn from those of us who pioneered our way through it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And great. And thank you for spreading the word because I I could tell you I wouldn't be where I am without your podcast.
0: Well, thank you. And I would like to thank you for continuing to carry the torch. And that is how we change the world. You know, you hear about it and then you continue to spread it in in your community. And that is what is so exciting. You know, I sure didn't spread around those other miserable diets I used to do. (laughs) So Yeah,
1: well, we found the tool.
0: We have. And thank you so much, Kevin. I really enjoyed speaking to you today.
1: You too. Awesome. Thank you.
0: at ResonateRecordings.com Intermittent Fasting Stories listeners will receive a free offer if you mention that you heard it on the podcast